0: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. My name is Ken Artus and you are listening to the IN Mindset Podcast. This is episode two. Joining me as co-host is...
1: Carla Vilchez. I am a graduate student at Silverman School of Social Work.
0: And my background is I'm a certified personal trainer and certified fitness nutrition specialist. We are going to be tackling in this podcast... The topic of labeling. We're going to begin the segment with what is labeling. Our second segment would be descriptions of examples of labeling. And our third segment will handle the topic of how do we combat labeling. Carla, let's kick it off. I know if you've done your research on the topic. What is labeling?
1: Um, thank you, Ken. So according to Psychology Wiki, uh, in sociology, the word is used more as a metaphor than a concrete concept, and the general function of labels are widely known and recognized as the method of distinction that helps people recognize one product from another. And in social terms, labels represent a way of differentiating and identifying people that is considered by many as a form of prejudice and discrimination.
0: So here we have in that, your description, a, in a way, a positive definition of labeling and a negative reflection of labeling, more or less. Mm-hmm. But for labeling, what we see most often than not is the negative effect that it has on people, meaning something that the way they look, their identity, the way they act, right away that he or she may be identified as being one way and it's totally the opposite
1: right um so I think the most important thing is that people like to label um, people like the use of labels or engage in labeling in general because it's easy to classify someone into a certain box um, I think as human beings we've become that's become our normal our our way of of categorizing and compartmentalizing things is by categorizing them in into different boxes right
0: in a way so humans like to simplify things so it's either uh black or white meaning the color not not nationality it's black or white and there's nothing gray in the middle that, you know yeah where does that come from our upbringing
1: i mean the labels the use of labels in general begin before birth and influences the life of the child so you know you you have these gender reveals or you know even before birth it's like oh it's a boy or a girl um and and even the toys have gender labels as the children do for instance like oh this is a boy toy so you have the trucks and the and and, and the legos i don't i don't want to say legos in general but <laughs> right. you know what i mean like it's more like oh the cars and and the girls are barbies and the um you have I don't know, like... Yeah. The, the G.I.
0: Joes and stuff like that. I mean, G.I. Right?
1: Joes would be more classified and the boys, boys movies, right? <laughs> but you have the the houses and stuff where they can play as mommy and daddy and, you know.
0: Right, right. Yeah, so it's ingrained to us to see how we could easily label, even if it's so, right, even if it's innocently, we're already placing a certain persons or groups of persons into a particular box just like how you mentioned earlier
1: and those labels might affect how we are perceived and ultimately the way we are treated
0: of course of course being a perfect example would be if you see someone on the train they are dressed quote unquote hood With this baggy pants, uh, whatever, uh, Timberland boots, tattoos uh, on their face or their neck. Instantly, you're going to think this guy's a thug. But he could be an entrepreneur. He could be a business owner. You can't just judge a book out of its cover. And we'll get to this in segment two, but here's another example. If someone's on trial for murder, let's say, for example, and they're dressed disheveled, they look gruffy. You instead you got to think, okay, this this guy did it; he's guilty. But on the flip side, if the person is wearing a three-piece suit and is clean-shaven, he could be innocent. Mm. That that's an easy mark as it was someone being labeled.
1: Right. So I think what you're more or less saying is like being aware of the way that, um, I want to say like certain perceptions or the way that we perceive people can influence. What are you What are you exactly trying to say? Because I'm trying
0: to understand what you're saying. Oh, because labeling, we could easily label someone as the way they dress. We mm-hmm. could label them, oh, if this person is wearing a three-piece suit, he must have a great job. If this person is wearing mm-hmm. baggy pants, he must be a thug. That's an easy example. But oh, well, we got to dive into that in the second segment. That's the easy representation of label. Because you brought up the toys, being uh, children being ingrained uh, from mm-hmm. uh, infancy. As having labels, this is boy, this is girl, this is blue, this is pink. And as an adult, we see the same thing as what someone would wear if they were in this. Oh, they're if they act this way if they listen to this type of music. They're this way. They're this way. Right. And I, I just gotta point out this is our second recording of the podcast because the first recording was it was it didn't turn out good. But I do remember Carla, you brought up a great point. Persons could be. Uh, labeled by their political views as well. I remember you had mentioned that in, in our original recording.
1: Right. I, I did bring up um, how political, even like if I consider myself to be a liberal, oh, you're, you know, you, belie- you stand for this, you stand for that. But at the end of the day, some people may lean towards a political party more than the other, but that doesn't negate the fact that I may have some views like some congruent views with the 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 right um so how the way which can be very detrimental like to just categorize somebody as one thing when i think in general i'm sorry like i'm I'm aware of somehow some of my biases may play out in the way that i speak um so i'm trying to be aware but i'm trying to be mindful about that right um I think it's just detrimental in general, this is my personal point of view, to just um, label somebody as one thing, when as human beings, we're all complex beings. So, you know, regardless, if I may um, have some, you know, opinions with the left, I may have some opinions with the right. And, you know, that's just me being a human being.
0: Exactly. Yeah, point well taken. And labeling comes across the board. And in my in the earlier recording, I had used the word toxic. And uh, you had definitely pointed out that uh, the word toxic, we don't want to, what was that? Like prime. Prime the people. Uh, exactly. But it does have a negative impact on someone because in our second, which we're going to start shortly, if someone is from... Uh, their youth are labeled as, hey, you are dumb, you are uh, overweight, that could lead to so many problems in the long run. Or as you had mentioned, uh, from a political point of view, hey, uh, no, you're wrong, or you are a conspiracy theorist, or you are this, or you don't know what you're talking about. That does impact us in some way, consciously or subconsciously.
1: Mm-hmm. And also when once you categorize somebody as one thing um you're automatic like in in a way you're sort of um put like putting them to the side, casting them to because if you don't have, if you don't um agree with someone's uh, I don't know point of view, we tend to sort of okay, like that person belongs there so I don't really want to engage that person in in conversation and again this is why i bring up being aware of how labels can impact um one like our you know i don't know how to say that but like being aware of the way that labels can impact us right is, is a way is is a way to sort of
0: chastise and outcast someone.
1: You're ca- you're outcasting, you're you're chastising somebody by saying, "Oh, that person is a liberal. I don't want to associate myself because I identify more as a conservative." But if we can all have conversations about what does that even mean? What what is a uh, what is a liberal, right? Because I may have some liberal liberal views, right. but I may also agree with some conservative views. So, I can pick and choose. Don't just classify me as one thing when at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm more than what I'm considered right? by society.
0: Exactly. It, that's well put. And we got to leave it like that because that is a great transition to our second segment, descriptions of labeling and going into personal accounts of labeling. And yeah, given just basically giving good examples of what labeling is. Carla, you want to kick this one off?
1: Sure. Um, so I want to just—I definitely want to bring up people that people are very good at using labels, but so are institutions. And when I speak about institutions, I'm speaking about um, even like the education system, and like that's an institution, right? And the way that um, children are categorized as smart by for example for instance like children are considered smart based on test scores we're considering children to be um how are the way that we're considering children to be productive and and
0: measuring a child's well not a child but measuring a student's metric based on uh an exam that that is right there you're labeling the child okay if he gets 100 percent, okay he's quote unquote smart but in the long run it's just about memorizing the material if you have a child or a student correction that takes the same exam and doesn't score well it doesn't mean necessarily that the child has a learning deficiency it could be such as myself i i love to study and read but i don't like to take exams It just i freeze up i get anxiety I could fail an open book test if if given a chance, but that doesn't mean I have a learning disability. I just don't like exams. That student could grow up to be a business owner. We've seen it many times. I could give a few examples. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, he's a CEO. He many times have said that he didn't have great scores. Uh, uh, Amos, uh, the CEO of famous Amos Cookies, High school dropout. Uh, come on, I could, the list goes on. We can't label a, a student just based on these metrics. Uh, indoctrinating uh, a student based on an A or an F. Come on, we don't know if that if those students who are getting good grades will eventually work for the student who is getting the Fs because he may be he or she may be a great business operator.
1: Right, and um, I think it's very limiting to just uh, classify somebody as not intelligent, or you know, I don't. I'm very, I'm very kind of like, I don't like the word stupid, but right. you know, we hear it all the time where, you know, you're being told, oh, you're stupid because you're not getting. Well,
0: but basically, that's what they, what the uh, teachers, professors are saying to the student, by placing the child a student, well, I can't say child, mm-hmm. by placing the student in a uh, learning, assisting, what do they call it now? The, the
1: special education. Special education classes.
0: class. Come on. Right. right there. Special. Come on. Are we still using the word special? I don't know.
1: Right. This like, what is special? <laughs> right. So even, even the way that they're addressing the children uh, or the students who may you know because the thing is that everybody learns at their own pace it's it's also very unfortunate how we've you know we've also had have to teach our kids uh our students um at the same like
0: right i see what you're going we're teaching them but the education system hasn't changed much in about 50 years so we're teaching the same 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 thing right at
1: the same pace everybody learns at a different at a different pace. So you you're 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 essentially you're saying okay, um, this person doesn't learn at this at this, or you're you're saying oh this person isn't isn't smart enough because they're not capturing the material at the pace that let's say somebody who's in a, in an honors right. class right yes. is learning. Oh, they're stupid or right. or you know they're average. Ex-
0: uh, there you go. They do use the word average, right? right so what is average how do you measure average
1: and it's frustrating right because it's just it's 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 very you're labeling somebody based on off of a uh off of somebody else's um perception of what intelligence is right and that's detrimental because at the end of the day everybody has their own strengths everyone is unique in their own way
0: absolutely and since we stood on the topic of the school system, I, I'm going to draw from personal experience. When I was a, ch- a kid, eons ago, a parent-teacher <laughs> conference. <laughs> eons, yeah, exactly, yes, I'm up there. Uh, the, the, the teacher, of course, I used to write, uh, creative writing class, I used to write a lot of horror stories. So the teacher right away would tell the, my mom, hey, um look at his writing. He's very dark. It is an intro demonio he's possessed here. Look at the way he's looking at me right now. He's his his intense scare. I'm saying to and I kept looking at this lady with an intense scare like come on, really creative writing class is creative writing. It doesn't matter, you know, if it's uh, unicorns and rainbows. I just prefer darker stuff to write about. It doesn't doesn't you know equate to anything. And that happens right now to these days. If you have a, a student writing something, a, a paper, right away, they got to, right now, they could call the cops, hey, look, this child is, uh, this student is writing this. Maybe he has uh, mental issues or something. Come on, really? That's an easy form of labeling. When you tell a uh, student that at a young age, of course, he's going to, he or she's is going to start thinking twice about himself, like, should I be writing this? And they, Their creativity could be hindered in that negative way.
1: Thank you for sharing that because, you know, who knows what that could have, how that could have impacted you long term In that that you wouldn't, you, if you would have taken that experience and internalized it as, okay, this is terrible. This is not what I should do. Then you wouldn't have maybe um, pursued your, your career in in creative writing exactly and in horror and or whatever you're into right
0: exactly right
1: um i also wanted to share an experience uh, where you know i was in the seventh grade and you know i was like 12 years old in the seventh grade and i was hanging out with my friends in the class and i was always like really social and like hanging out you know what 12 year olds do
0: exactly right
1: (laughs) So I'm with my friends in class, just, you know, having fun. And I know that that's not okay. You know, I should be paying attention. But I think this, in this moment, I was just, it was a downtime class. I wasn't really doing anything. Basically,
0: any time is downtime in school. (laughs) (laughs) But your friends like, come on.
1: Right? Um, But yeah, like we were just hanging out. It was like seven of us and in just one table. And I was just cracking jokes. And out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere, I have this teacher tell me, oh, Carla, if I can describe you in any way, I would describe you as a venomous snake. That's mean. And I was like, what? Where did that even come from? But I remember it so vividly to this day because it was so, for me, it was very, I felt like that was just horrible to just say to a child.
0: Right. You can't say that.
1: You're a venomous snake.
0: Right. That's, that's powerful words right there. And from our examples, you see how it stayed in our memory bank throughout the whole years. So subconsciously, it did play a part uh, from my experience. I keep remembering that. And from your experience, you, you, you always have that in the back of your head. Like what, what is a venomous snake? What is a venomous snake? And it, it just plays on your conscience in, in some way.
1: Right. Like, what are you trying to say to me? Am right. I poisoning people? I I was even thinking, like, wait, how are people perceiving me? Right. Because I'm just minding my own business, having fun with my friends in my class. Uh Maybe she was trying to say that I was distracting everybody. She could have said that differently. Of course. You know what I mean? And, you know, teachers especially uh, are, you know, figures, important figures for a lot of students because they are the ones who, you know, some of us are spending more time with our teachers than with our own families.
0: That's absolutely true. Because we true. spend
1: so much time at school. So even being mindful of the words that, you know, teachers use or utilize with their students is something that should be like a given.
0: Absolutely. Great point that you brought up. And in our earlier recording, you did make a, a very important point that who are, who labels us we've most of this second segment, we, sp- Uh, talked about school but what about our own parents or uh, someone of importance in our lives that they may label us in a certain way and it still has that impact so it can be in other words it doesn't necessarily have to be someone from the outside a total stranger that labels us but those close to us or those with authority in our lives case in point recently as a physical trainer uh a mom and her son came into the gym. He wanted, oh, well, not he. She wanted him to start uh, physical fitness. She comes over to me, and well, he was standing right there, and she says, "He needs to work out because he's fat. Look how fat he looks." I'm looking at the guy like he doesn't. He does not look fat, quote unquote, fat or overweight. He could do exercise, and he he's built like a wrestler, and he's built like a football player. <clears throat> he has that physique, but overweight. Who? Dif- how can you define overweight? And why are you saying that to him? He felt so uncomfortable saying that. Uh, her, his mother saying that, and like, why are you putting that in his head? The, the professional wrestlers, uh, WWE wrestlers, they could, could be considered overweight, but they're athletes. Mm-hmm what type of long-term effect does this mother have that she's putting on him in that way and he's he's a young kid it uh, was uh, at the time he was 17 years old come on
1: and that's that's the most important thing to be aware of is the way that these labels can impact one's own self-esteem right because it, he's she's she was labeling him as being fat right basically and 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 we don't know and he's a teenager yes so think about it as a teenager you're going through these uh, reproductive i don't know changes in your body and you know you may you may you have hormones going on and you're not comfortable in your own body because it's changing and we don't know how that could have impacted that that person
0: exactly we don't know if in the long run he could have an eating disorder mm-hmm. or he would either lose weight and uh, there's so many eating disorders uh awesome. yeah exactly and it could just impact him in some way you could see and on the flip side i have a client who she's signed up for her classes she's uh exercising but one thing that really stuck out for me was her comment saying that her husband said that if at the end of the sessions, if she doesn't look like J-Lo, then he's not going to pay for any more sessions. I'm like, wait a second. Why don't you say something more encouraging? Like, yes, great. You're headed to the gym. You're, you're, you're being more healthy. I'm going to pay for more sessions. You could be more healthy, more athletic because I don't want to see you be sedentary. Especially now with this whole COVID thing, everybody's more sedentary, eating more, staying home. No, let's get more active. Why not say something like that? More encouraging. No, if you don't come back looking like JLo, I'm not gonna pay for any more sessions. What what type of shit? What is that? What is that? That's labeling one on one right there.
1: Right. Like he he's basically like basing her looks off of uh an actor or but, an and an entertainer right who we don't even know if she's gotten work done
0: exactly precisely we, we, we do
1: know
0: we do know uh, we that's a different we time but <laughs> we'll put up a can of and worms that's there okay.
1: that's her body her choice you know what i mean right but, but that's not fair for you to just say oh if you don't look like j-lo by the end of this these training sessions, you know, I'm not paying for more because everybody's body is genetically a certain way, and you know, we we also have to work on like these re- unrealistic body, um, these body
0: images, images. Right. And,
1: come on. Yeah. Beauty standards. There you go. There you go.
0: Most of the things that we see in in magazines are, and anyway, what eight times out of ten is Photoshop and these actors and actresses performers yeah they may they may or may not have worked them we may not know but they do have the time to exercise they if they get a role that they have to play in these marvel movies that are you now come they have to look the part of course they're going to get training and they have the time to train but everybody's genetic makeup is different that is a source of labeling in a way husbands wives teachers pastors it, labeling can come in so many of forms, and of course, from a total stranger, that brings us to the third segment. How do we combat or how do we ignore labeling?
1: Well, I think that detaching from labels make us more open minded, and it can also help us to stop being so rigid in our beliefs, um, because essentially, like being more, being less prone to labels can definitely like open our mind to new knowledge and create more growth in us. Because just because I am, for instance, I identify as a cisgender Hispanic woman, right? But somebody that may look the same way as my identify as a non-binary Hispanic. I think that being aware that everybody's different and unique and detaching from those classifications that we have all been sort of taught to be is right. is, is the way to go. What do you think, Ken?
0: Oh, that's a perfect example of, of combating labeling. And labeling, in a way, is criticism. If someone judges you by the way you look or if you put out a YouTube or something on social media, right away you got to be labeled. Oh, look at the way she's dressed. She must be this type of person or oh, a uh, oh, whatever. Oh, look at that guy, he looks arrogant. Right away we're labeling, especially with special social media is being more. People hide with that anom- anonymous uh, feedback and criticism. Personally, take it and say, okay, if that person is labeling me this way and giving me that type of critique that way, well, not critique, criticism, Something must be going on in their life that is so drastic that they have to take the time to write such a, a negative uh, thought about me. So just take it in that way. You must be doing something good about yourself that the other person sees and has jealousy over.
1: Yeah. And that brings me to think about even a client that I had um, recently. I had a client come into the clinic in a crisis. Um because she's she's actually a, prof, a adjunct professor at a CUNY school, and she came in uh, because she was given a review by another professor. Really, um, a really bad review. Like, okay, terrible review. Uh huh. And um, I don't know if you know, but CUNYs are going through the institution CUNY yes. itself is going through budget cuts
0: okay. and
1: they're getting rid of adjunct professors.
0: Really? Yes.
1: Wow. So she came in like, Oh my God, I'm going to lose my job. Right. Uh, you know, cause she got a ra- bad review. Right. But in her three years of teaching, she never got a bad review. She got a g- excellent reviews only. Right. So I invited her, I suggested to take that experience as a learning experience Right. In the field of teaching and not take it as a way, uh, as a reflection, a direct reflection of who she is. Right. Because like you said, everyone has a different perspective, a different uh, taste in things. And um just because sh- that person that reviewed her class as... It,
0: it was subjective.
1: It was subjective. Right. Correct.
0: Right. So right away... We that you have that critique. It's subject just like art. Hey, one person could say it's it's doesn't is not art, but then someone who knows about well educated on the subject could say otherwise. Hey, that goes back to what we were talking about the institutions. There's no metric. Mm-hmm. There's no metric at all. And of course, hey, with this with the landscape right now, I'm quite sure that she could open a teaching business and do much better than where she's at right now day anything's possible but uh wow that's unfortunate but yeah we, we see labeling falls into throughout our whole life from childhood uh, uh, teenagers adult is just how do we combat it I- ignoring it and using something creative ar- around it okay sure they they labeled me this way but i'm not that having that strong self-esteem about oneself is a huge factor to combat labeling
1: and definitely being aware of your own biases going moving forward mm-hmm. and how you perceive others um i think also like pronouns are a thing yes okay. pronouns
0: are a thing yes that is so true <laughs> Ask
1: people what you know what is your preferred pronoun how do you want to be uh addressed right not having your own biases come into play right. is something that You know, when I think about who I want to be, I want to be a more accepting person of others. And just being aware of my own biases and the way that I speak to people, I address people, is something that I I need to work on personally. So I want to invite you, audience, to think about the way that you want to, I don't know, sort of like detach yourself from this labeling society and and or being more aware of how you label others right in general we all have things to work in or to work on to work excuse on me. yes um and and that's something that i think we all need to work on right it starts with you remember
0: that's that's a very good homework assignment for the audience carla and we gotta leave it as that i think we covered all the bases here any closing comments
1: just do your homework assignment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Do your homework assignment. Leave your comments below how you feel about labeling, any personal experience about labeling, homework assignments. There we go. Till next time, episode three. Once again, my name is Ken R2s. My name is Carla. Thank you for
1: listening.